0: Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at shepherd'scrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well today. Very excited to be live in studio with a friend of mine. I've actually talked to him a couple times before, but this is the first time that we've met face-to-face. So, Darren Bailey, how you doing, brother?
1: It's an honor to be here. It's a blessing. Thank you. You've got a wonderful studio, and that's what I was looking forward
0: to be a part of. So, Well, good deal. And Cindy's here in the background. You don't see her, but Cindy's here. And so, hi, Cindy. How are you? I'm great. Okay, good. See, you made it on the show. That's good. Well, we're going to go ahead and pray, and then I'm going to give a couple announcements of what we got going on in the ministry, and then we'll get right into our questions. So, okay, Father, we just thank you so much for this time. I ask for blessing upon this conversation. I thank you for Darren and Cindy. Thank you for all that you're doing, and through uh, them and their family, and their church family, and in, throughout the state. Thank you for the stands that he has made. I thank you for fighting for the citizens of Illinois, doing what you've called him to do as your servant in the public square. God, I pray for future blessing upon him and his work, and God, I thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, lead us. I trust you will, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, if you don't know, we have what's called the Shepherd's Crook Intensive coming up. My listeners, you'll know about this. It's coming up May 11th through 13th. It's for any and every male who wants to come. If you want to bring your sons, you can as well. But the two criteria for that is your sons have to be able to swim, and they have to be able to sit through teaching sessions because we're going down to Eminence, Missouri. You guys have heard me talk about it. If you want any more information, you can follow the link in the show notes, or you can reach out to me via message. Um, and I will get back to you about that and get you some more information. Okay, Darren, I got a lot of questions for you. I sent them to you beforehand, and I think we can have some fun. I know that the men and women of our church are interested in, in hearing from you, but I know others throughout the state and the pastors that I meet with are going to be interested in this, and so... Thank you for, for being here. And thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I thought we would start with you said you grew up in the Christian church, and I've got uh, several Christian church buddies that are pastors of Christian churches in this area. So, why don't you just give us your background? You became a Christian when, and you've been a part of the body of Christ, I guess, pretty much your whole life, mm-hmm. I guess. So, tell us a little bit about that, so we can kind of right. kind of know your story a little bit. But yeah,
1: I definitely uh, grew up
0: in the church all of my life. Where our
1: family, my dad farms, grew up farming. Uh, some, you know, when things got busy, he'd he'd be working on Sundays, but my mom would always take me to church. And later on, whenever I, uh, kind of broke off and started my own entity at the farm, we, you know, the, the top priority was we didn't work on Sundays, encouraged everyone on the, uh, on the farm to, uh, to go to church on Sundays. Uh, but, um, my mom was very involved in the youth group while I was growing up, went to Redbrush Christian Church, north of Louisville, non-denominational Christian church, and, um, uh, June of 1976, when I was in sixth grade, uh, following it was a Bible school program. Okay. Uh, following VBS, I just, I just, uh, we had a wonderful pastor there that was very involved with the youth and uh, taking us to a lot of kind of, kind of seeing things outside of what you know we would in small town USA for 1976. Mm-hmm. And I just had that realization that I needed to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That I didn't. That I knew that. Uh, Um, you know, I was missing that. So uh, I I promptly uh, took care of that. And I'll never, I'll just never forget the the week after uh, when when school started, uh, because, you know, I was kind of protected with life that that Mm -hmm. summer. And uh, I just uh, often wondered, okay, how am I going to behave? How am I going to talk? How am I going to act when I go back to school in the fall? So no, it it was a transformative change. My wife, Cindy, uh, she attended, she uh, grew up in Neoga, Illinois, about okay. an hour north of Louisville, or attended Neoga Christian Church. And uh, we actually, uh, my eighth grade year, our high school at Louisville, North Clay, uh, mm-hmm. needed a high school principal. Okay. My dad was president of the school board. Cindy's dad was hired to be that principal. Ah, we okay. met that summer at Oil Belt Christian Service Camp okay. in, uh, uh, in Florida locked eyes and we've been together ever since so we've That's been uh, we will have been married 37 years this year however mm-hmm. due to the four years of high school and two years of dating through college we've essentially uh, you know been together for 43 years at, at the end of this right. year so it's it's amazing so no we've um, when we were all through the, our, our time of being in high school and and uh, uh, junior college and right after getting married uh the youth was always our passion. Mm-hmm. So I was. I served for years as a as a deacon in the church, then was elevated to elder, and and uh, recently, as of up to about two, 2015, was the lead elder there. And uh, but then there was uh, something happened in our life, okay. and uh, my our first granddaughter, which was two years. She was two years old in twenty fifteen. Okay. Uh, we experienced a healing. And it radically changed our lives. So wow. shortly after then, God called us to the assembly. So today okay. we are members of Crossroads. Uh, it used to be Effingham Assembly Church. Okay. And uh, so anyway, but we enjoy we enjoy uh, celebrating and worshiping with the church all across this state. Yeah. Uh, every Sunday we've got a, an invite somewhere uh, throughout the state. So we love getting to meet new friends and just building. We believe that it is the church that, you know, earlier as we talked, was responsible for this great constitutional republic. It was yeah. the church that stood <clears throat> up, drew right. the line and made the difference. And we believe it's going to have to be the church and it will be the church mm-hmm. uh, that restores and revives this great nation. And and, and we pray uh, for that, uh, uh, you know, uh, final end days revival yeah. awakening across this nation yeah. and in this world, so.
0: Yeah, it's, you seem pretty optimistic. Oh yes, we have yeah. to be, you have we be have right. to be. Yeah, I mean, we know the Lord. Yes, our sins are forgiven, and he's given us a job to do yeah. and our work to date. Exactly, yeah, that's good. Um, you've been up to a lot of things. You, honestly, I was watching your new podcast, which I want you to plug. At the end, I'll give you a, a chance to plug that. But uh, I was watching, and you're talking about election election integrity, which a lot of people have questions about. And there's a this forty day basically process of election and mail in voting. It seems like the the left owns. The voting system yeah. at this point from yeah. Dominion Machines to all this. And so really going back into, you know, the, the stolen election really with Trump and the, all that we watched unfold that night, that election night and the numbers and and everything. And then in the state of Illinois, you run and, and you talked about in your podcast, if there would have been voter turnout. I mean, if we would have come out, came out in mass yeah. to vote that even with everything as it is, that we could have won yes. here. And uh, so it seems, I mean, really critical. For people to not be pessimistic and just say it doesn't matter for us to be involved it really it really does matter and uh, so you went through the election so now you you you're off of the senator seat now so tell us bring us up bring us up speed since the election to today what, what yeah. you've been up to well
1: basically that mm-hmm. just uh, when we speak in the churches and up to the time of the day of election I will tell you this November 8th when Cindy and I uh, arrived in Springfield for the for the election watch party, we knew that the next day we were going to be the governor. Like we just felt that, mm. and uh, you know, it's it's and, and afterwards you're asking yourself, what happened? What what took place? And and shortly uh, shortly after that, God just revealed to me. I mean, the story that I've always known about Moses spending the forty days, you know, up on the top of the mountain, just in the wonder and the presence and the awe, only to find out that God kind of said, "Hey, stop a minute. Those people." And and so you know, how can you be a Christian without reaching? the lost. Mm-hmm. How can you be an American without participating in this yeah. constitutional duty right. of voting? So, uh, of all eligible voters, I'll just go back just a little bit and recap because this is important to understand. Of eligible voters, everyone who's old enough to vote and, and, and all across the nation, only about 70% are actually registered. Okay. So then, this last election, we had the lowest turnout in 80 years of voter turnout. Well, wow. 45 to 48 percent of registered voters mm-hmm. showed up to vote, which then kind of equates to about 30 percent of the population, mm-hmm. you know, actually making the decisions for us. So uh, so it is important. And yeah. that's what we're doing. We're, we're going around to the, the churches all over the state to groups and speaking and just inspiring the people. We can do this. We've got, it's just kind of a, a rally session. Yep. We've got to get our act together. If, if, if you're, if the people that I speak to in church, the people that I speak to maybe at a Republican organization or a grassroots volunteer organization, that's my message. When you walk wow. out these doors, we've got work to do.
0: Yep. And,
1: and I good. love having veterans stand up and just thanking them for them their service and just acknowledging the fact that these men and women served to protect our freedoms. Yeah. And now it's up to the rest of us to uphold those freedoms that those men and women sacrificed for. And only right. until we figure that out will we start you know, turning this
0: state and nation around. I firmly mm. believe that. Yeah, well, I mean, 2020 exposed some things about me in pastoral ministry, but also just life as a man in and in an American where I didn't really understand my God-given responsibility mm. in a constitutional republic. Yeah. and. 2020, it, it necessitated diving into the scriptures and understanding God and government and what, what role we have as citizens in America. And Romans 13 talks about submitting to governing authorities, and you have to ask the question, what does that mean in a constitutional republic? And it was like a light bulb went off for me, like, wait a minute, I I am a governing authority. authority. I'm a governing right. authority here. Yep. And to opt out right. is to actually, is to deny my God-given responsibility yes. in Romans yes. 13. Yes. And so, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of my listeners and, and the people in our church, anyways, have been well-equipped to understand and think through that, but I think there's so many Christians still not understanding their responsibility. Right. They think we live in a monarch. They think that the governing authorities sit over the Constitution. They think they've got full reign to do what they want when yeah, they want. Right. And certainly many politicians believe that. So let me, let me just ask you, I mean, you're, so you're a politician, uh, Paul, uh, Paul and uh, Titus. Titus is left on the island of Crete, and... There's Christians because Paul tells Titus to put into order and to establish elders in every town as I direct you on this tiny little island. But then he has this, you know, Holy Spirit driven offensive line, which is all Cretans are liars and drunkards. <laughs> and I can imagine sitting in the church there at Crete thinking yeah, like, wait a minute, you know, like I'm not, you know, there, there is a, t- but there's a time and place for general generalizations. And they understood as being godly, spirit filled Christians. Okay, I get what they're saying. Yes, that's the culture of Crete. So when I say this, I don't mean every politician. You're, you've been in that role. But why are politicians so corrupt? Why? <laughs> What's the deal?
1: limits. Listen, you show up for business. And I'm going to say every one of them, I'll go back. Dick Durbin, if mm-hmm. you go back a gazillion years ago when he first ran, he, he, probably there wasn't a lot of difference between he and I. Mm-hmm. And when you show up, there's this mindset that I've got to get things done. Mm -hmm. you know because actually that was one of the things I have passed several bills and I've really helped sponsor and help pass a lot even some good Democrat bills regarding education Mm -hmm. that Republicans would have never voted for but my knowledge of local uh, public education I was able to help usher through so there's this mindset that I gotta pass bills Mm -hmm. well passing more bills we don't need more bills we need less government and and I think that's what God gave me the platform to Uh, you know, advocate, to educate, Mm -hmm. to inform. So if I have this mindset and and many people, this is what happens Mm -hmm. that I've got to pass bills. Well, then you show up with people who radically, you know, with radically different ideas than you do. Mm -hmm. And you begin this system of compromise because these people are smart. They've been doing it for years. That's where this socialist Marxist idea is coming from. Mm -hmm. So when you go and solicit help from the other side of the aisle, Well, then you're put in this, it's like dealing with the devil. Mm -hmm. Then you're put in this place where we'll all help you with that.
0: But Mm -hmm.
1: I need help with this over here and people compromise their values. Then you, um, then, then after I want 10 years, after 10 years, you get, you you need to open the door up, get out, let's let new blood come in and take over and go back to work, Mm -hmm. but you've Become part of this establishment, and yep. it feels good—pride and arrogance of of the senator and, and representative. representative. Got ridiculously money. Wealthy. Yes, yes. So that's uh, term limits would would settle this, and, and and so then backing up to your comment right before we started this conversation, people, some people say, well, the do we have term limits because we mm-hmm. vote every two years, but no, the problem is is a very problem with our voting system this apathy and complacency my yeah. vote doesn't count mm-hmm. uh you know it's corrupt it's just chicago so why even participate in it mm-hmm. and that's what happens a lot people just back up shrug they feel intimidated by the person in power yeah and uh and just accept it mm-hmm. and the next thing you know
0: we're having the problems that we're talking about today yeah i mean it's crazy just thir- like just to go back to per- uh, just participation in the process 30 percent of the people of the state of illinois are making these decisions yeah. and yeah. we have the ability to fire corrupt Politicians. Yes. I mean, we can yes. we can do that, and yes. that's was your you know campaign slogan. Fire. I mean, yes. one of the things that you had said repeatedly yes. is it's let's fire Prisker. And People ask me all the time when I when I show up and and talk to groups, what's
1: the qualifications? What do I need? You don't need anything, friends. If you're listening right now, uh, make sure you get out and vote here in just about a week and a half, April 4th, for our, for our school board and library board and, and yep. park board and city council and mayors. But then later on this fall, you're going to have the opportunity to run for precinct committee person, for, for county board position, for mm-hmm. state representatives, state senators. And all you've got to be is an American with a passion for freedom to run the only qualification.
0: Yep, that's good. We've got a good man here in town, uh, Harold Visser, who yes. is that cornerstone yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. We, I had we, him here yep. and we recorded here. And he is running for mayor. We have got a a really corrupt system in yeah. in Carbondale. It yep, just is. you do. You do. And we have some city councilmen that are that have been. Uh, it's just it's just not a good situation. Right. <laughs> and uh, it would be really wonderful thing if, if Harold and that's going to be the big deal. Uh, we're outside of city limits. I can't vote yeah. on, on that. And uh, in that, but we have people that uh, that hopefully will get out there and we encourage people the to day of that election. That right now, that right next week call these people, show Mm -hmm. up,
1: vote early, get your vote in. You have no idea how many people come up to me and tell me, "Ah, gosh, I couldn't vote, but I'm gonna vote the next time and uh, mm-hmm. lots of people, good intentions, yeah. but it just didn't happen, and there's nothing right. wrong with early voting. Get that vote in, mm-hmm. and uh, the day of election, if you're out there, what can I do? Make phone calls to all yep. your friends, family, everyone within city limits, yep. and say, have you voted, make sure to vote for Harold yep. know if That's the only vote you cast. Right,
0: yeah, that's good, yeah, let's go. Okay, uh, campaign, so I, I watched I watched you select a running mate, Stephanie Trussell, and she's a black woman, and this was a little after the whole Supreme Court justice selection. And that whole, the rigmarole with that was we want to get a, a black woman to be on the Supreme Court, you know, to, to be yeah. a justice. Right. And the motivations, I thought, in my mind, there's got to be different motivations here. Because I know you're not down with Marxism. Right. I know that right. affirmative action is probably right. not in the top of your priorities. No, not at all. And you really believe things that, that Martin Luther King would talk about, which right. is you're judging a person by the content right. of their character and not right. not the color of their skin, and so my first thought was, "Uh oh," is Darren playing the same game as everybody else? Is yeah. he picking her because that might score him some points with Chicago right. or something like that? So, I wanted to ask you personally, and I thought it'd be good for people to listen in on your answer. It, you know, what was the thought process behind picking her as a running yep all right i'm glad you did yeah. are you familiar with
1: illinois family institute yes uh, david smith yep uh, so as this the, those, that that organization has been w- with me from the beginning mm-hmm. when i first primaried my state representative because of he the fact that he supported and voted for the 32 percent tax increase mm-hmm. illinois family institute got behind me and mm-hmm. they supported me because they said that was just an undue burden even though there wasn't a lot separating us other than that a career politician right um so i have an immense amount of respect for that organization and, and, and how they fight for life and, and uh, just just values and morality here in Illinois. So Cindy and I began to when we realized got to that point where we realized we were going to begin to you know have to uh, you know pick our running mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we began to fast and pray for some time and then when it came time to make a phone call, we, we had names you know mm-hmm. that we were thinking of. Right. Uh, well, David Smith was the actual first person that I called and said, "David, okay. we're going to have to have a running mate." Uh, it was actually that was actually early on, and then and then we so this process took quite some time, and I said, "Got any ideas?" Mm-hmm. Because you know who that running mate's got to be. They got to align with me 100%. And you have no idea, Jared, the temptation. Mm-hmm. That here, but here's where the real temptation was at, Were people within the establishment, within the party, even within our camp saying, you need somebody a little to the left of you. Mm-hmm. So, you so you can really, yeah. that's what people right. don't understand, really right. to capture those votes. And, and where do you think the left landed at? They said, you need somebody that's not as staunch on pro-life yeah. as you are. Right. And that way you'll capture these votes and, and I just that I mean that's that's you know, I will never enter a business relationship yeah, right. uh, with, a, with someone who's not aligned with my values on, on anything. Mm-hmm. And David Smith immediately said, Stephanie Tressel, I didn't mm-hmm. know who Stephanie Trussell was. Mm-hmm. and uh, she serves on the board with IFI. And immediately upon literally upon we were in his office at Tinley Park and upon leaving that we called her mm-hmm. and set up a meeting with her and her husband met him downtown Chicago at a restaurant and uh, without really just just hey I want to meet you I want to talk you know and mm-hmm. and to uh, spend a few hours with him fell in love with her but uh, to you know to that credit we went ahead when we had interviews probably two months later mm-hmm. uh, we interviewed eight candidates okay uh, for for that position and uh, you know, there was uh, there were a few other candidates that leaned left of us that mm-hmm. were really super, you know, wonderful people, and uh, some of the team thought we needed to go that route. And Stephanie is is one that aligned 100% with me, and yeah. there was no question, doubt that she was the one. So Good. I mean, that literally, uh, no, and nothing else had. We knew that there was a deep blessing there that she mm-hmm. was. You know, a product of Chicago, and, and yep. moved out of the city of Chicago into DuPage County when she started having children, mm-hmm. uh, because of the education system. So, uh, she is a wonderful woman, and yep. uh, you know, I don't care all these laws, like so these affirmative action stuff. They're that's nonsense. It is nonsense. The best, most qualified
0: person should be the one hired. Period. So, are you familiar with Thomas Sowell? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, yeah. he's a uh, a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute, Yes. And He's written extensively yeah. over the years, and he's phenomenal. And what I've seen is most, uh, many, many black people don't even know the heritage yeah. of, of of black Americans, yeah. even men like him that are doing, I mean, phenomenal right. work. And you know, I read a book uh, by him a couple of years ago called "Discrimination and Disparities," and it was phenomenal. It was just every page was yeah. eye opening. My goodness, this is phenomenal work. And he really dismantles the idea of the ideas of affirmative action book after book after right. book after book. Right. And uh, so I love that answer. And, um, you know, I think it's people are tired, man. I mean, people are tired of the political games. Mm-hmm. And I think the mm-hmm. appeal of you and even selecting Stephanie Trussell, I, I looked up and did some re- research on her. And I saw that she was uh, that there was uh, some people that were after her because of her anti-trans ideology and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, she likes this is it. a good she lady. right? It out. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like this, this is good because people are fed up with it. And I think yeah. there's more and more people that are that are saying, hey, listen. We are tired of the nonsense. We're tired of people saying two plus two equals five. Yes. And leaning in a little bit and thinking, I don't know, maybe there's something to, maybe there's something I'm missing here. Right. And so the games of, well, we got to get some, some sort of moderate to run. I'm really glad you didn't go that way because we, we have to have men and women of conviction. Right. We right. have to. And uh, without it, uh, people just, we're, we're, people are fed up. Yep. You know, for, for all the people, I, I saw that Trump endorsed you and for all the, you um, the vitriol that's been surrounding around Trump and, and some of the things that I don't like that he does the standing right. behind the lgbt stuff right. and agenda right. uh, but one of the things that, that was so you know captivating for so many about him is that he just didn't care right just didn't care right. and didn't care what people think and it's just he is who he is and you know men we need men of conviction that's yep. what we need and so and i want
1: to i want to add this i've been, had the honor of being in his presence uh, four occasions three one on one and one uh a, a, a lengthy phone call and i will tell you the first time that i had the opportunity to meet with him I almost didn't do it because mm. i'm just i, I and, and it was my wife cindy that really kind of pushed me you've got to go down there and meet with him and and i really thought that no i don't want to because i think i'm going to be frustrated because of the arrogance mm. i'm going to tell you something he's the most humble genuine man uh, I've met on a, went on a one on one conversation. Huh. He really is. He's a New York business person. When mm-hmm. you put all of that, you know, you package all that together, and yeah, I wish mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like you. I wish to tone the tweets down, tone the the name calling down. But he is who he is. Yeah. But I can tell you that uh, we sensed his his you know fatherly love. His mm. it, it, it was a pretty. I was impressed. Yeah, I've I got to tell you. So and cool. I'm not that kind of person to get enthralled with a with a personality. But he's just he's a pretty
0: smart. Uh, hard fighting uh, president so well let's he's running again are you gonna be running again you're gonna be the governor (laughs) of Illinois so I
1: will tell you what stay tuned okay Uh, we've got a a grassroots movement Uh I have pretty well announced that I will be running for something Mm -hmm. uh, coming up uh, this uh, this election we've got to get the Republican Party under control before a conservative uh, person can run and win in Illinois there is a lot more to it than uh, you know we were we were for the most part uh, uh, granted parties there's areas throughout the state uh, that are that are good but our statewide party is uh, has a lot of problems well i mean republicans are just democrats 15 years ago well just what That's we are right. and we have a platform and, yeah. and when you get on google the platform republican platform read the silly thing mm-hmm. and you're even some of our some of our local officials you're going you know we, we believe in life we don't believe in taxation we believe in less government mm-hmm. we believe in the pursuit of life we believe in the Second Amendment yeah and the further north you go the more watered down that message gets yeah. which really causes a problem mm-hmm. you know for the Republican Party so yeah. so yes uh, Cindy and I's passion remains Illinois mm-hmm. um, the comeback is a question when is it in four years I'm gonna sit here and tell you right now I don't think so mm-hmm. I think it's going to take a little bit longer uh, to get our act together. Mm -hmm. here in Illinois and and help people understand early voting. You go out and talk to most Republicans, we're not gonna early vote. That's no, we must early vote. JB, that's another thing. Aside from, we needed a 60% turnout to win. We knew that if we got a 60% turnout, we stood a very good chance of winning this because there are indeed a lot of good Christian conservative people out there. They're Mm -hmm. just not voting. And then the second part of that was there was eight hundred thousand mail-in votes sent in. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB Pritzker spent thirty-five million on an early voting program. So we're up mm-hmm. every week. We'd go in a suburb and kind of help, you know, some of our door knockers, and then they were killing it up there. Mm-hmm. But like good little Republicans, we had our walk cards in our pocket. We'd knock on the door and, and hey, I'm Darren Bailey. Would you think about voting for me? Here's this. You got any questions? We'd mm-hmm. leave. Well, we would start seeing uh, people, uh, you know, with. Backpacks, briefcases—kind of, you could tell they were doing something somewhere. About two weeks into it, I recognized one of the ladies. And I went across the street I knew she was a Democrat. So, what, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Oh, we're—these are—we got computers. We're registering people to vote. They've all, they already searched out low propensity voters, people okay. that might have voted five, mm-hmm. ten years ago, but yep. never since. And. They were registering them. They were signing them up for mail-in ballots. They were bringing that mail-in ballot to their door a week later. They were coming it back, picking it up if they weren't helping them fill it out. So that's a 650,000 yeah. of those 800,000 early mail-in ballots uh, well, came from JB's campaign. So he knew once the day was over and we had a rough idea that it was the lowest turnout in 80 mm-hmm. years in Illinois, uh, he knew he had well, it.
0: Well, it's wild because you hear about these counties in Georgia um, in Michigan Pennsylvania that had 117% turnout voter turnout yeah Yeah. okay so that's obviously impossible right so why can't Republicans ever get 117% (laughs) turnout you know there's there's got to be a way I mean if it's the system it's is that there's a there's a godly cunning that's not evil that's right Um, but that it seems like is what they're doing by going out and getting these votes Mm -hmm. by by doing that and I'm not saying that we should bend ethics in any way um, but there's a, a system that is in place that has to be worked within. Mm-hmm. It's and legal, it, and not yeah. to do, and you don't
1: have to do it dishonestly. Right. We just got to go out there and collect votes. Yeah.
0: And and the bulk, you know, we,
1: we the bulk of a lot of this, uh, you know, cheating does indeed happen in Cook County and even DuPage County. Mm-hmm. Well, those those, uh, you know, the system is so large and so deep in those areas, uh, you know, it is. It's, a lot of people don't realize it's the local county clerk that's kind of the sheriff of elections. Yeah. So we can deal with that in these smaller counties. But when you go to Cook County and say, I want to see the ballots, you even bring a FOIA request. Mm-hmm. They don't get on it because they don't have to. There is so much bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. You've got to have millions of dollars and teams of lawyers to penetrate that and get what you want. Yeah. So that's why they don't fight it. Because Republicans have been losing so much, putting up so yeah. many bad candidates. So there's not really the support there that there should be.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, turn the corner a little bit. We've mentioned Donald Trump. And one of the things that I appreciated about uh, a few months back, him him saying he wanted to eliminate the Department of Education, which would be phenomenal. It started in the 80s. I don't think it needs to be around. I don't believe, I believe that the obligation of Christian parents is a Christian education for their children. I don't believe that education is a basic human right. Um, It is a privilege. And we have turned that into a basic human right. Yes. You know, Bernie Sanders uh, said that high-speed internet is a basic human right. You know, <laughs> right? No, it's not. You're it is, right. It is. So, but you're all about education. I mean, you raised your children, you homeschooled them. You've been in part a part of private Christian education. Education is an important mm-hmm. thing for you and your family. So you homeschooled mm-hmm. your children. Why did you? Why did you do that? Well, what was the decision? Back up just a little
1: bit. Okay. I served for 14 or for 17 years on the public board of education. Okay. So public, my three okay. oldest children were were all uh, through the uh, public, public, schools. Uh, public okay. schools, which from uh, 1995 to 2012, mm-hmm. uh, anybody, any parent at the North Clay Unit 25 will tell you that school resembled a Christian school because mm-hmm. it was all about who you hired. Okay. We were very, very particular about the teachers, any staff, faculty, about who we hired. And uh, so, but you know, now unfortunately, a lot of that's been removed from mm-hmm. from the you know school board level, and, and the state mandates kind of kick in. Right. Uh, so essentially, I got off the school board in 2012. Okay. Our youngest son, Mason, was in eighth grade, kind of the star athlete and a star pupil. Good, everyone liked him. Well, we're off the school board, and and granted back then most of the ch- the church we went to um, you know they provided most of the teachers and the faculty of the public school okay well Mason yeah. came to uh, Cindy and I one morning he said I want to be homeschooled hmm. so we did the natural thing it's like what's wrong is everything okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were very familiar with because with, we'd had two of our other children reach out during the time and, and say you know pressures were mounting up in public school and we we really ignored it no you're a missionary you get in there and mm-hmm. fight you know Really fair to tell a sixth, yeah. seventh, and eighth grader that. And and Satan, we had a bout with him. You yeah. know, two of our children. But thank goodness they they, they came back. Um, so, Cindy, we prayed, we fasted, and realized that uh, uh, the kid's serious. And really, honestly. He Wanted to come to his older brothers, had come back to the farm. He wanted yeah. to come to the farm at work, so he had nice. figured out he could get awesome. his studying in if he worked hard from eight in the morning till noon. He, he yep. had the whole plan for us, mm-hmm. so we started Good for that. Him. She great. went to the uh, homeschool conference at we're really not doing the great home school convention by yep. any chance. It, yep, was that the uh, in, in St. Cl- Louis? No, or? it was It was at Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, Ohio. okay, so gotcha. know They bounce so. around but that particular, but that was in 2012. Okay, so um. Did some homework. She had a she had a retail business at the time, and, okay. and was really didn't know how this was going to work. And out of the blue, our pastor's wife uh, called and said, "Hey, I'll uh, I, I I think I need to tutor Mason." Okay. So uh, that's how it all started. Yeah. Next year, two friends joined him. The third year in the flower shop at Louisville and Cindy's business in a back corner room. We had nine high schoolers, nine junior hires. Wow. And uh, then today we have Full Armor Christian Academy, two campuses, three hundred and fifty plus. Uh, students, awesome. so so it's amazing, preschool through high yeah. school. So that's the story with uh, Illinois. Is blessed that we have uh, very free reign yeah. on on homeschool, but don't you dare. Take that for granted because every day in Springfield, that is under attack. Our well, teachers' unions yeah. are want to get rid of that
0: so they can build up their uh, their base. Yeah, that is critical in the state of Illinois. And uh, there's several people that I know that are staying in Illinois because mm-hmm. of the homeschool yep. laws and yep. everything that's regulated in our state. Yeah, the fact that we have deregulation right. in homeschool is a Right. blessing from the Lord That's I mean, right. it's phenomenal I mean it I don't under know
1: attack every day do not take that for granted yeah and,
0: and you know honestly of all the things that would push us out of the state of Illinois that could mm-hmm. push us out of the state of Illinois and the people are fleeing our state like crazy right. but if they do come after our children then yeah. we've that would be that would be it I mean if they're right. wanting to push the things that are being pushed right now in public school and wanted to regulate that in some way uh, it, it would be deeply problematic and yes. so we're, we're very thankful so with the education questions the government schools even in the smallest schools and counties, most conservative, like the county that you're a part of, what they're trying to push with this gender ideology, with sex education, and what I think is a, is a ploy to push consent as low as possible, because we have sexual deviants, honestly, yeah. that right. are in our state, around our state. And what is as dark as this is, we have to call it for what it is. There is an agenda to sexualize our children. We see it everywhere. We see drag shows at libraries. Right. We see Kirk Cameron being rejected from being able right. to read at a library. There is a mass uh, perversion that's right. happened all across the country, and they are one hundred percent going after our children. Right. And this is seen in our public schools: uh, tampons in the boys' bathroom, things that I mean, can you grew boxes up in this, and litter yeah, boxes. An right. Could you imagine in the in this you know seventies and eighties? You know anything like that? You know, and you're. No. I, I mean, you and Cindy, you said you got together in nineteen eighty. Is that right? Yes. And fast forward to where we're at today, forty right. three years later. I mean, it's mind blowing. Yep. And even in my life, just to be to, to see the change. Yeah. And from the early, you know, mid nineties when I was in school, I graduated in two thousand two, high school over here at Marion. Yep. And uh, so the the question that in my mind, I, I why save government schools? Yep. What's the point? Yep. Um, why not let them flounder and fall? I mean, maybe our property taxes could be redirected right. somewhere else. I mean, I'm paying a lot of money for property taxes, and I'm homeschooling my children. Right. So is there any hope for school choice? Is there any hope for school choice with uh, without the state then controlling everything that we try to do at home? Um, what's the path forward with the government schools? Yep. Well, the path forward is getting people
1: out to vote. I mean, that is literally the, this constitutional republic. That is it, getting people out to vote and electing good men and women of integrity with the backbone and fortitude to stand up and push back against this nonsense. And then let's bust it down to the uh, local unit of government, uh, your school board. Mm -hmm. Seven men and women on a school board are 100% responsible for every decision that's made. That's wild. Many of them are kowtowing to the superintendent, to administration. It's the same thing. They get elected, and then they sometimes they get dumbed down, uh, not feeling like they're qualified to make that right decision. So mm-hmm. they end up rubber stamping uh, teachers' unions and administrative ideals, which now turns into this woke ideology that's indoctrinating our children. So I just I want to encourage. I don't know when this is going out, but that the men and women who are serving on our school boards find out who's running. If you're in two more years, there'll be another opportunity to run, show up at the school board meetings and listen. People don't go to any of the meetings anymore. The Mm -hmm. county board, that's where our our property taxes are. That's why they're getting out of hand because we keep spending money that we don't have. And Mm -hmm. so you just raise taxes so you get more and and, uh, live within our means. But I'm gonna be honest with you that when you, especially when you talk about Chicago and a lot of, around here, you know, it, it, we kind of, we we can ask that question. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, homeschool, private school is a better option. But the reality is, uh, you get over in my area, southeast Illinois, and mm-hmm. my state rep and my senate district, lowest median income in the state at about 28000 mm-hmm. So public education must be saved. It must be restored mm-hmm. because the bulk of the students, they just, you know, people can't afford Gotcha. To go the, the the money the process, but um, it, yeah. it, uh, you know I, I I don't see a way out from educating the masses yeah. outside of that. But we can clean it up. I it, mean, it's eleven years ago when I got off the North Clay School Board, and, and we just we started Full Armor just to offer a Christ centered education, not yeah. because our schools are terrible and we need a terrible and we need an option. Yeah, it was a Christ centered education because that's what my son Mason wanted. Yeah and it grew in and and by the grace of god now it's you know god created something in in a very timely fashion but uh, i understand completely but it is the church we can't we can there's nothing wrong with homeschooling our children with Mm -hmm. sending our children to private christian school and protecting them but we must be mindful of what i'm going to say is the 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 vast pop these poor children that are out there Mm -hmm. that are that are you know getting drowning yeah. and this woke ideology this indoctrination and yeah. it is the teachers union that is sb 818 sex education bill mm-hmm. um the two sponsors of that people don't realize this was Illinois education association and planned parenthood i, I for two hours uh two years ago when we debated this in the senate mm-hmm. you know typically the uh typically the sponsor yep. answers the questions he did for an hour and a half he didn't answer one question really Ron villibald from uh, chicago Planned Parenthood and the representative from Illinois Education answered. Both of them had an answer for every question that was asked, and wow. it was sickening and disgusting. Yeah, these schools can, you know, currently opt out, but a bill just passed the House and is going into the Senate to make it mandatory and an a, a graduation requirement uh, to, to, you know, for this sex ed. So mm. we, we we've got to stand. We've got to make a stand. Yeah, we do, so, and.
0: Just to encourage the pastors and everybody out here, you might need to start a private school and find a way to for these low-income families find a way, especially if they're members of your church. Do whatever it takes to help them obey Ephesians chapter six. Got to, you I have to do, do whatever, whatever you're, for you right here. Yep. Cindy and I have been asked to be
1: spokespeople for Illinois Family Institute. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look them up, look up Good Soil, Good Seed. Mm -hmm. It's a new program that uh, Illinois Family Institute is starting. We are right now setting up meetings throughout the southern third of the state uh, because the reality is uh, many people in the southern third of the state aren't familiar with Illinois Family Institute that's based out of uh, yep. Tinley Park. And that's what we're doing. We're going into the churches. We're going into communities mm-hmm. and inviting people. And it's going to be very well done. I'm basically you know, going to give the introduction. They're going to stand up. And that's exactly what it is. Okay. They're creating this program to be able to help you know, uh, homeschool moms stay home and educate yep. their children awesome. to, to provide money to, for a school startup or tuition uh, to help children go so that is that's that's the first meeting i think is april 17th up in the up in the Coles county i believe uh-huh. so we'll be we'll, you'll be seeing more about that okay. here soon
0: very cool when i hear about that i'll try to push that information i'll now. get you that. there you guys yeah that's good stuff okay you mentioned uh, plan here, planned parenthood we now have uh, three or four and with plans of more murder mills coming in into carbondale the city of carbondale we have people that are on the streets people that are praying people that are counseling doing whatever we can. We actually had a, a young woman who um, was considering a- abortion, and we were able to encourage her and have given her a massive amount of money and helped her in many different ways. And, and God really provided through us for this young young lady, doing some of the things that people say that Christians don't do. Yeah. Um, well, you just care about children, the unborn children. You don't care about people after the women. It's, it's ridiculous. It's not, it's not true in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But you were debating uh, JB Pritzker and the question about abortion came up and I wanted to ask you about this because it is I, I can't imagine the pressure being on stage and talking with the governor having these questions come your way it being televised on live, live TV but one of the questions that came to you about incest and about uh, about rape, which is deeply deeply personal for so many uh, well for, for a minority of people who do have abortions but I want to say this up front, that there is forgiveness, complete forgiveness, for those who have, who have killed their child in the womb. There is free and total forgiveness there. This is the power of God's grace. Amen. And for those who have done that in the past, we want you to know God's love and forgiveness. But we also want you to understand the gravity of the situation, not minimize what was done. And for those that are considering taking the life of an unborn child, it is what the Bible calls it. it's a It's a violation of the Ten Commandments, and it is, by definition, murder. And so is there any scenario that it is okay to take the life of an unborn child? So no, mm-hmm. no, period.
1: And and the frustrating part is when you, you know, they call them the big three, you know, mm-hmm. the life of the mother and the rape and incest. And that, that literally uh, compromises less than 1%. I mean, yes. right now we know there's over a million abortions taking place in, across the nation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that... Uh, we 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 think and, and when the governor rauner signed a taxpayer funded abortion in um 2018 at that point in time we had a number there were 40,000 abortions taking place in illinois we don't know for sure because now it's a medical procedure mm-hmm. and now today right. we are paying people we're paying their travel expenses to come to illinois We're, 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 we're paying for them to appeal. You know, Illinois, our tax money is going towards all of that. So we estimate that there is at least 60,000 right now, but unfortunately with the signing of this bill that J.B. Pritzker signed, that could double. And that's why you're seeing these abortion mills uh, pop up. So no, you know, many times when the life of the mother, um, I've never really heard and understood a story where I would even call that abortion. Yeah. Because many times I debated that with uh, Kelly Cassidy on Labor Day weekend in 2019, when the full-term abortion bill was passed, and and had I known what I know, knew, uh, she claimed that she had to have an abortion. No, it was a fallopian pregnancy, yeah, and that was right. that, 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 that. That's not abortion. I don't, you know, she had a DNC. So, mm-hmm. but the problem is on the debate stage with the Pritzker. He was wanting me to, he was trying to pull me into that. Now, unfortunately, what he was able to do was spend millions of dollars on TV ads Mm -hmm. and pushing this narrative out. And unfortunately, we didn't have the wherewithal to combat that and get the truth
0: out there. Well, the the good thing is when I saw that ad, I was like, well, Darren Bailey's my guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I saw those ads, that that actually, you know, because... To be biblical, and this is what I think people get confused about about Christianity is when you believe that that, that a child is a child from conception with unique DNA that has its own its own genetic makeup. I mean, this is uh, a, a person with a soul, male or female, and it it doesn't matter preborn or postborn right. that a child is a child, right and it doesn't matter if it, when it comes to uh, viability outside of the womb. Um, we keep people on life support, and and believe that that people have dignity, value, and worth, because they're created in the image of God. Right. And it is a consistent argument to say, you know, if, if somebody in the in the context of rape or incest, the child should not be punished. Right. The consequences should go to the evil, vile man that. that took advantage yep. of a woman. Yep. And the consequence should never go to the child. Right. And this is a this is where the bible protects women and and lays that consequence lays that judgment upon upon the man so many times during that argument when jb
1: pritzker would come and you know throw that at me then the press the press loved it you know Mm -hmm. well well where are you at what about this and and would you will you create laws uh you know to to ban abortion Mm -hmm. and and i just it was it was the honest truth i'm like i'm a governor Mm -hmm. it, it is the house and the senate that passes law and then in, you know it is the governor then that would sign that into legislation. Right. And I want to remind you, I am proudly pro-life. So yep. that was 100% my answer. But they were all the time on on your words, man. It's that Chicago Chicago yep. media is uh, some of the most crooked uh, and, and and wicked media yep. in the nation. And yep. that's just all they would focus on Trump and abortion and yep. just try to and guns and try to pull you into that.
0: So. Yeah. Well, we don't even have time today to talk about guns. So I like. <laughs> I, uh, I did actually do an episode this morning. Well, let's dive in. We, we have some time. Uh, so if we would get rid of gun-free zones, and there, people act like the, the solutions are, it, it's devastating when you hear about na- Nashville, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's yes. it's, it's it is. everyone's devastated when they hear about that. When I see pictures of, of, I mean, I'm a pastor, and the pastor there lost his daughter, yeah. you know, and the, the latest that I saw is that he was actually, the pastor was actually counseling the lady that ended up shooting his oh, daughter, right. and real. you know I've got a little girl, and it's right. that that stuff is, is difficult. But politicians have armed guards. They're showing up Thank with you. escalades, and yeah. they're showing up right. with the, this entourage of protection and wearing body armor, and right. they understand the value of right. of being armed. and And yet, if they really cared about children, they don't care about being. <laughs> If they really cared about children, they, there's armed guards, there's ways to allow teachers to carry, can um, conceal carry according to the law. And um, it's not rocket science, it really isn't. And if that would eliminate so many of these mass shootings that we've had, we have 400 and something million guns in this country right. to say, well, we should right. just get rid of AR-15s. We should right. get rid of all this. It's, it's impossible. There's 450 million of them. Right. It's impossible to do that. Jared, it boils down to mental health. It does. It's yeah. mental
1: health. And here we face the, we're fighting you know, to keep chode open. You know mm-hmm. in yep. me. It's J.B. Pritzker and the Democrats that want to close that. Yeah. Instead of deal with the issues, deal with the problems. Were there problems there? Yeah, sure there were. Deal with them. Mm-hmm. That's what you have these state agencies for. Yep. Deal and correct the problem. But their answer, it's all or nothing. Close yep. it. You know, so the guns, get rid of guns. No, it's mental health, and it's Mm -hmm. not, people today don't even know what to do. They don't know what the state has to offer. Mm -hmm. If if they're aware of something, then that's all the way from the Highland shooting to everything that was taking, all those things that were taking place during the campaign, and that's what I was trying to emphasize. Mm -hmm. No one knows what to do because the state doesn't have, we just keep throwing more money without knowing what that money is actually providing. So Mm -hmm. uh, we we know the problem we just got a lack of men and women that will actually deal with it instead of trying to just yep. this agenda of getting rid of the guns. It's nuts. Yep.
0: Okay, well, one of the things we saw in this whole issue with uh, the latest AR-15 ban and magazines with over 15 rounds, um, I forget, it was bill HB, HB-54, I forget exactly what it was at this point, but you stood up and said, we will not comply. Bold move, loved it. And I think the people that follow you love that kind of thing. They love that you stood against the mask mandates uh, and mm. the whole, the, it, it was not COVID that shut everything down and destroyed everything. It Thank was you. the government did it. And, and, and so where we, was
1: everybody else? Where yeah. were our elected officials that yep. stand there with me, but instead they were scared and Cowering away. Yep. Yes.
0: Yep. And so we're thankful for that. And uh, w- what we saw, though, is a, a bunch of sheriffs, local sheriffs that stood against and said, you know, we're, we're not going to enforce this. What, to what degree, my friend Keith Phillips over from Grace Presbyterian, he yeah. submitted this question. I said, I was, I'm talking to Darren Bailey, what, you, what questions you got? And he submitted this. He said, so really, local politics are critical. We sell the, mm-hmm. the, the power of uh, an elected or appointed official to stand and to be a faithful lesser magistrate, plug to the doctrine of lesser magistrates. Yeah. I actually uh, almost drowned in a river a couple years ago, and this was in, and so you can see my copy here, if you can tell, is just utterly destroyed. But we got a book for every household in our family. We got that book. Our, every, every household in our church got, got the doctor and lesser magistrates. And gave me one. gave you one, that's right. And the uh, sheriff stood up. So, is that a viable long term solution? If you get a good, in a good county, we're in Jackson County, a mile that way is Williamson mm-hmm. County. Yeah. Uh, wish we were a mile that way. Well, we're not. So, Union County's down, great county right south of us. Uh, Williamson, Johnson, we have some great counties that are surrounding us. It, to what degree can these counties buffer? Right. Chicago, yep. Yep. state politics, and is yep. that the solution going forward? Is more and more state, I mean, more and more city and county control?
1: Well, yes. I mean, we already have it. Yeah, we have it. So you want to push back on this woke ideology in our schools? School board members start standing up and saying no, and then when you have a third or half of the schools in the state pushing mm-hmm. back against the government, they can't do anything about that. <coughs> the sheriff is indeed the sheriff mm-hmm. you know for a reason and he has immense powers uh, the state's attorney mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 prosecutor of the he has immense powers so the way are the way this republic is set up if you are arrested or taken into custody by any as long as you didn't break the law and let's say they they let's say they they, they push back on this constitutional freedom that we have of guns mm-hmm. you got to get rid of and, and you're caught with an AR15 the majority, overwhelming majority of our sheriffs and state's attorneys have stood up and said, that's not constitutional. It may yep. be a law, but it's unconstitutional. So state police, federal, the people come in and arrest you. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to process you through the local county courthouse, the yep. local entity of where, now if you're outside of it, like I said, if you're from Williamson County and you get caught in Jackson County, well, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have to see what's going to happen there. But if you are, as long as you are, the sheriffs and state's attorneys are standing up and saying, we're not prosecuting. Yeah. We've got more important things to do. So that's the importance of having a, you know, God-fearing, freedom-loving, yeah. constitutional-understanding sheriff mm-hmm. and state's attorney. It's all boils down to local control. Yeah, and, and I will, when the people stand up, and I, and I worry about that. Mm-hmm. Do we have the aptitude, the fortitude, uh, to stand up and push back? Mm-hmm. I meant exactly what I said. And when I'm out on the trail, I'll have people come. I'm behind you. I got your back. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? Get up here beside me,
0: yeah, and get ready and say because it's will not comply with it's you. It's coming, so when they right. knock
1: on your door, if if that comes, I don't, I don't think that's going to get. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Be ready to take a stand, yeah. one person at a time. Like, going back to this idea that I had that was given to me to sue the governor. Mm-hmm. This idea of yeah. standing up and getting kicked mm-hmm. out of, of the assembly for not wearing one person. If we look at our wonderful, beautiful history.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: always stems to one. Person that starts something and then people just are inspired and they stand alongside you and we are I believe we're at those days again But we still have the opportunity if we can get good men and women Elected and work with them and support them to make those stands in local units of government before things get out of control Mm -hmm. I still see the avenue to
0: restoring this state nation. Yeah The NHL had been doing pride nights and there was one player that said, I'm not going to wear the jersey. Then that started to spread. The NHL, as of yesterday, I saw, is reconsidering yeah. whether could, or not they're Chicago going to be pregnant. Blackhawks, it's they stood up, I just I thought, wow, yeah. that is powerful. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. Well done. Yeah. I mean, that's phenomenal. Uh, if, if somebody stood up and said, we're going to have an adultery night, well, you don't do that. Right. And when it comes to this issue of homosexuality and any kind of sexual LGBT stuff, uh, we have got to just say that, that we don't celebrate Sexual sin of any right. kind. If you come to me, uh, I'm not going to feel sorry for you if you committed adultery on your wife. You need to deny yourself. And just because you have these tendencies and you have these sexual draws to lust after other women, what I would counsel that young man or counsel that married man, I would say, well, so don't do that. Right. And we deny love the yourself. person. We continue to
1: love them. Yes, we, don't, we, we continue, we continue, we continue we, to love they them. They need help. They need Absolutely. love. And sometimes, sometimes... The yep. church sometimes, you know, just closes that door, shoves them out of the way without any help, without any guidance whatsoever. And I think yep. the church, maybe we've caused a little bit of that, but we are, we need to stand on truth and this yes. one foundation that we have.
0: And until yep. and, and they, if they want to walk away, fine. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Yeah, I mean, that's where the truth and love thing comes yes. in. Yes. I mean, truth and love. And we would call anybody that's in any, any kind of sexual sin to, deny, the, Jesus says, deny yourself. Right. Take up your cross and follow me. So that's good news for anybody struggling with any sin, is that Jesus offers forgiveness, and the Holy Spirit changes us and helps us. And and so, certainly, truth and love, absolutely. Okay. Final question for you. Um, I'm sure you've been asked quite a bit, is there any hope of Southern Illinois becoming a state or assimilating into Missouri or Kentucky or Indiana? Is that even a legitimate possibility, or is it just a pipe dream? So, I wanna make sure and be, that
1: I'm very clear on this. I commend and I do not discourage anyone working to that end. If that's what they're passionate about, mm-hmm. do it. And, 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 and who knows what will come, but here's the reality. Uh, this, this thing we call separation, where mm-hmm. we separate ourselves from Chicago. Uh, I personally am very concerned about that right now. That's dangerous. Okay. Imagine a, imagine a, a union of, of 50 states and over half of those being city states. That's not healthy. Yeah. Uh, constitutionally, could it happen? Yes, it has to start at the state level. The state, the house, the state Senate would pass it, the governor signs it, but then it has to go uh, to, to Washington DC and the mm-hmm. exact same process has to happen. And I can tell you that even here in Illinois, when we're looking at one split with getting rid of Cook County and, and, and those uh, you know high populated areas, well, California is looking at six splits. I think Colorado is looking at four or six splits. Um, Again, it boils down to local control and the people that we are electing, and the mayor. Mm-hmm. The mayoral race that yes. just took place, thirty-two mm-hmm. percent showed up. That's nuts. Most of our most of our school board elections, eighteen, nineteen. I'm just, I am praying for a turnout uh, this year. Uh, the situation with yes, I've seen the um, I've seen the the drawings of, of merging in with mm-hmm. uh, again. I say that anyone who is working on that, I'm not going to discourage you. At mm-hmm. uh, the end of the day, I pray something like that could happen so we could be relieved of, of some of our you know, burdens. Every, every one of these ridiculous bills for the last four years that I've served as a state rep and state senator, these bills come down and, and I usually stand up and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't care what the bill, except if it's you know morally wrong, but I will tell the, the sponsor from Chicago I'll support this if you just exempt everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you really think that you're representing your people and that's what you want, yeah, right. Put an exemption in there, counties yeah. less than a million in population or whatever, and and they just have this agenda again—Marxist, mm-hmm. socialist agenda—to destroy our union. Yeah, and that's what's happening. But uh, so you're you're saying, hey, if you guys want to do that, yeah, more power to yeah. you. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. But and then let their then then I believe the people who are elected then will, yeah. Like, if they
0: like that's what they that's what they want but I, I don't see any immediate um, again
1: you know ben franklin said we've given you a republic if you can keep it it's yeah. everything's up to us mm-hmm. and when are we going to step in and take our god given duty to vote to speak up to participate to run as a precinct committee person we can do this yeah. it's going to take some time it's, it's it's i think it's going to be every bit of six years before we could get to the point to where we could possibly elect a Christian conservative to a statewide position. I mm-hmm. don't see that necessarily happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the election of 2026, God can do anything and yeah. anything can happen and I'm going to be working towards that end, but that's just the harsh reality that yeah. uh, uh, it's, 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 we, we've got everything at our fingertips. Our mm-hmm. constitution is an amazing document. Our founding fathers were uh, just amazing people. Yep. and it's all there
0: yeah if we can keep it the preamble to the illinois state constitution is a declaration of the supremacy <laughs> of god yeah and yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal yeah. and uh so the the federalist anti-federalist debate has raged on and the fears that they both had yeah have really played out in our country yeah. i read that and two years ago
1: as a new senator Did you really? Uh, yeah and they yeah. just re- realizing but that's the confusion. Uh, recently, with some of these abortion bans, I just said, "This is wicked. This is from the devil. God help us." I sat down, and the sponsor on the other side of the aisle, she informed me, and this is—it's all on public. You can—you can see all this. She informed me that she's doing God's will as well. God's called her to carry this stuff because her Jesus believes that. You know, everybody should be
0: free. Everybody should be able to make their own decisions or whatever. It's just, it's just twisted. People make up Jesuses. Yeah. And there's yeah. one Jesus. Yes. And he's the same yesterday, yep. today, and forever. Amen. So, Darren, this has been a lot of fun. I showed you this beforehand, but uh, for theatrics here, here we go, guys. Uh, I'm going to give you a Shepherd's Creek hat. God bless so there you. This there is you go. amazing. Thank you. And I figured you needed an old book. My listeners know that I love older books. And uh, this is from Nathan Strong, a minister in New England in Hartford wow. Connecticut thank and you. that's from 18 the year 1800 so thank you this we're looking at 223 years mm-hmm. old thanks pretty you. wild thank so. Darren, thanks so Darren thanks so much, much. much. honor thank yes you. absolutely God bless you friends.